winner is. The 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 winner is. I'm so excited. The winner is. Welcome to the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021 bonus podcast in association with our podcast partner for this year, Swift Electrical. I'm the managing editor of KBB Review, Andy Davis, and this is the first of our regular episodes all about the biggest and longest-running awards event in the kitchen and bathroom industry. We'll be talking to previous winners, judges, and we'll be taking a look behind the trends that are coming through from the entries. And, most importantly, we'll be making sure you know everything you need to know about entering. We're kicking off by answering some of the most frequently asked questions to get everyone up to speed with the basics, and I'll be doing that with my esteemed colleague, KBB Review Editor, Rebecca Nottingham. But first... I'm so pleased to say that our podcast partner for 2021 is our very good friends at Swift Electrical. Swift Electrical is the UK's number one big brand distributor of sinks, taps and appliances, and they are delighted to be sponsoring this podcast and the awards. For all their latest offers, please make sure you visit swiftuk.co.uk or call a member of the Swift team. So my special guest for this inaugural KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021 podcast is, of course, who else? The editor of KBB Review itself, Rebecca Nottingham. Hello, Bex, down the line. Hi, hello. Hello. Now, normally we should explain that we'd be six feet away from each other in our office, but we're now in opposite sides of London and connected by the miracle of technology. Amazing. We're going to talk about the background for the awards. We're going to answer some frequently asked questions about categories and entering, and we'll be doing a total pitch on everyone to enter. And plus, Bex, you don't know this, but there's a little quiz at the end. Oh, no. Why do you always do this to me? You know how I love a quiz. (laughs) Right, so let's start with this one. Let's start with the obvious one here. You're the editor of KBB Review. How excited are you by the launch of the awards? Every year, it is an exciting time. It's a great way to celebrate the industry. But I think launching our awards this year is even more important than ever. It's been a challenging year, shall I say. And I think this launch of the 27th awards is more important than ever because we need a bit of positivity. The industry needs something to look forward to. What better time to celebrate the industry's talents than now? Yes, and there is no better time to celebrate it. And I think what's interesting about it, given everything that's happened, is it's very easy to be quite melancholy about everything that's going on. And it's also quite easy to not think that the real world is carrying on. The regular things that mark calendars seem to have gone out the window. But actually, you know, we've been doing this, as you say, for 27 years, and it's really important that we stick to it and that we celebrate everything that's great about this industry at a time when it needs positivity, like you say, rather than constantly looking at all the things that might be difficult let's look at the things that have been brilliant about it and things that we should be proud of about it it's important to have a bit of continuity you know everything's up and down at the moment but we always have a kbb review retail and design awards to look forward to so this year shouldn't be any different what is your favorite bit about the awards I think for me, from the design category side, I just love hearing the stories that come out of that. I've been doing the the job for a long time now, but it never ceases to amaze me, the talent that's coming out of the industry, you know, and the designs that we see are just phenomenal and they just get better every year. But I also obviously love the night itself and just seeing what it means to people when they win. And and even just when their name is up there as a finalist, genuinely, it gives me goosebumps every time, even though I've been to probably about 
14 of them. It's still exciting to see their reactions. It's interesting because I picked that too because I live, and you do too, you live with the names of the finalists for so long because we're writing about them and covering them. And, and obviously we know who the winners are weeks in advance of the event. There's no surprise to me for who's won it. So I kind of forget that it is a surprise to people on the night. Yeah. Because I'm so used to it and I'm constantly paranoid about spelling their names correctly or whatever that I forget that moment when the name is read out and people jump out of their seat and cheer, you're suddenly reminded, oh my God, yes, they've just found that out for the first time, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, it's a sheer delight, isn't it? They're just so genuinely happy to have been recognised by their peers for what they do every day. And it's just, it is a delight to see. I know that probably sounds really corny, but it, it genuinely is. And, and I'm the same, because obviously, I like you say, I, I know who they are. And I'm always, if I know where they're sitting or if I can see their table, I do just look for their reaction because it's just genuinely lovely to see. And there's a direct correlation between how excited they are in the reaction with how many bottles of wine they've drunk by that point of view. <laughs> oh, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In these special bonus podcast episodes, we'll be talking to previous winners and finalists. We'll be talking to judges as they go through all their deliberations. And then we'll reveal the shortlist for 2021. And we'll be talking to that shortlist as we go and approach the actual reveal of the winners. Hopefully, hopefully at an actual event. And I'm crossing every single finger I possess. Same. It's a normal time. There's nothing untoward about the number of fingers I have. Let's run through some of these frequently asked questions here. Let's set up the actual groundwork yeah. for getting as many people as possible to enter because even if you've entered before, I think it helps to be reminded of some things and even if you've entered before, we are doing some things a little differently this year. I don't know whether you've seen on the news, Bex, but there's a global pandemic. Have you heard about that? Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh... yeah no, they, they should talk about it more. <laughs> right, so let's take some of these in turn. Do you want to go first or second? Yeah, no, hit me with the first I'll one. I'll go first. Okay, so let's start with the obvious one, because some people might be listening to this thinking, what the hell are they talking about? So what are the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards? Well, in a nutshell, they are a celebration of the very best retailers, designers and manufacturers in the kitchen and bathroom industry. Um, but facts about the actual design awards themselves, they are the longest running and most prestigious awards in the sector, with the 2021 event, as I said before, is actually the 27th awards, which is a pretty big feat. It is a pretty big feat, and I'll put those big feet next to my crossed fingers. <laughs> um, I worked it out. I've done 15 of these. Of that 27, I've got up on the stage for 15 of them. So this industry, on an annual basis, has watched me age and get fatter and greyer. Okay, so I'll take the next one, which is who can enter? Who is eligible to enter this thing? So we have two basic disciplines, which is retail and design. They are open to any retailers and designers of kitchens and bathrooms in the UK and Ireland. So it's incredibly, incredibly broad. I think sometimes people think it's only for independents or it's only for people with, with lots of money or massive showrooms. And none of that is true. It is for absolutely anybody who is retailing or designing kitchens or bathrooms in the UK and Ireland. So that's independent retailers, that's multiple retailers, it's franchisees, all are welcome to enter and all will be judged by the same criteria. It's also important to recognise as well that there is a category, which we'll talk about in more detail later, for suppliers and manufacturers too. So this isn't just for the retail sector. There is an, a very important award in there this year for suppliers and manufacturers. But as I say, we'll talk a bit about that later on. Right, Bex, next question. Yeah. 
How do I enter and what's the closing date? The closing date is the 18th of February 2021. Beware, there will be no extensions. So just make a note of this. The closing date is midday on February the 18th. 2021. And all entries are via our website, which is super easy, of course. Entries are submitted just by a really simple online form and allows you to start an entry and then add, edit or change it as much as you like before sending it over to us. Yeah, it's a really, really simple, straightforward process. Okay, I'll take the next one, which is, see, this is my favourite one, because I get asked this for the last 15 years. (laughs) What does it cost to enter? How much is it to enter? Well, it is absolutely free. It has always been free. It is totally free. We have never charged a penny for anyone to enter. And in fact, if you are a shortlisted finalist, you get to come to the awards for free as well. You get to come to the event for free too. So even if you're shortlisted, it's not going to cost you anything. All right, you might have to buy a few drinks on the night. Maybe get a new pair of shoes. I don't know. (laughs) And a dress. Yeah, we don't provide that. But we will give you some seats on the night and it's free to enter. So what have you got to lose? Absolutely nothing. It's a win-win situation, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is. Well, we can't guarantee you're going to win. No, but, that's you know. <laughs> You've got to be in it to win it. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. And here's the other date. So I'm going to leave the other date to you as well, which is when are we actually announcing the winners? So we will announce the winners, of course, on Thursday, the 20th of May, 2021. Big fingers crossed here at an actual event at St George's Hall in Liverpool. Well, obviously, we'll talk about the rest of the event shortly. Yes, and what will happen if that event in Liverpool doesn't take place. But we'll come on to that later on. So that's that's the basic stuff, right? So let's have a closer look at some of these categories. Now, let's start here with the retail ones because we've got... The Kitchen Retailer of the Year, which is sponsored by Neff. We've got the Bathroom Retailer of the Year, which is sponsored by Rocket. And then we've got the Kitchen Showroom of the Year, sponsored by Insincorator, and the Bathroom Showroom of the Year, sponsored by Vitra. Now, the reason I'm lumped all them in together is because to enter those categories, you basically fill in one form. So you are entering the Kitchen Retailer of the Year and the Kitchen Showroom of the Year at the same time using one form, and the same goes for the Bathroom Retailer ones. Now, these these are some of my favourite categories because these really do get to the nub of what this event is all about. Finding the very best examples, the best showcases for what a fantastic showroom might look like and what a fantastic retailer does in this industry. What do you think? Absolutely. I, I think these categories just basically sum up what everybody does day to day I mean obviously design is a very very important aspect but independent retail is the backbone of this industry as we often say in KBB Review and it's totally true and it's just a fantastic opportunity to see the best of the best. Right and the reason I'm talking about these ones first as well is because these are the most obvious examples where even though we're 27 years into these awards there's never been a year like 2020. The whole thing has gone out the window. What defines a a good retailer has gone out of the window. And we have to acknowledge that when we're judging these awards. So we, we have a set criteria, which we've always used. But what we've put at the top of that criteria for this year, the number one thing on the list that judges will be looking for this year is coronavirus response. That is a distinct criteria that the judges will be looking at to see how a business has coped, adapted, changed, during 2020 no one's going to make loads of money this year we're all well aware of that this has never been a category for who makes the most money but what we're looking for this year the stories we want to hear is about how you survived 
and what a test of a retailer that is this year. And that's what we want to hear about. We want to hear what you did to keep your business going, how you finished those projects off, how you looked after your staff, how you looked after your customers, how you kept your name out there, and how you took advantage of the pent-up demand, how you helped your local community. That's what we want to hear about this year. That's the big difference. You may be looking at that category and thinking, God, well, this has been, you know, on paper, this has been a terrible year, but it hasn't. It's been a fantastic year. If you're still here, you're still surviving, you're still fitting kitchens and bathrooms. And that's the story we want to hear. That just summarises exactly why it's so important to have these awards. To anyone who's got through these challenges and is still retailing, we want to hear your stories. And exactly, you know, the showroom of the year category looks wholly at showroom design. It looks at fantastic showrooms and how they're used as a tool to sell. But showrooms have completely changed this year. What have you had to do to adapt your showroom? How have you managed to still make your showroom a fantastic experience for people while sticking to all the COVID-related guidelines? How have you managed to give people the aspirational experience that really good KBB showrooms give people while still maintaining all the rules? That's so difficult. And what again, what a test that is. We want to hear these stories. I'm really looking forward to hearing the frontline examples of how people have, have managed to cope with all these things. I, I mean, I'm really, I can't wait for that one. We also have two categories that look at new businesses. So we have new kitchen retailer of the year and new bathroom retailer of the year. Who's opened a business in, in 2020? Whoever they are, you, I just want to shake their hand full stop no matter what's going on. I mean, how brave are they? How brilliant are they? And again, we want to hear these stories. How do you even open and start a new business during all this? Have you identified that this, there's actually opportunities here? How have you changed what was an existing business plan overnight to make sure that you're coping with, with everything that's going on with a brand new business? How are you getting your name out there at a time when everyone's locked down? I mean, again, brilliant stories to hear. What's important, though, is that the criteria for those two categories, they don't have to be brand new businesses. They could be an extension of an existing business. So if you've opened a brand new showroom in a town down the road, then that counts as a new retailer as well. Or if you've introduced a completely new sideline to your existing business so for example you were in a kitchen showroom you've bought the shop next door and opened up a bathroom showroom that counts too it's all about what is a new business for this year i think starting a new business at any time is pretty brave it's not something i would probably ever have the guts to do but to start it in a year with more ups and downs than a roller coaster at thorpe park it does show a hell of a lot of strength of character and belief as well in, in what they do, you know, confidence in their abilities. And do you, do you know what? Aside from obviously the awards, we do hear about new retailers and the, the number of new retailers we've done stories about, you know, oh, we've still gone ahead with our showroom. It's it's just amazing. Now, we've got two more categories that fit under the business categories here. We've And one I'm really looking forward to, which is the Community Champion of the Year. We only introduced this last year, didn't we? Because we saw that the independent retailers in particular play a really important part in their local community. And we, we're always hearing lots of stories, aren't we, about how they support their local football club or their their local charity or the local high street initiatives, things like that. So we thought we wanted to reward this, and it was great. And we got some really brilliant stories. But little did we know that the year after we've introduced it, community has become such an important part of people's lives because of the lockdown. 
we hear all these stories all the time about making face masks or supporting key workers or offering discounts and, and freebies to key workers or trying desperately to finish off projects for local community initiatives. I mean, there's just been some brilliant stories, haven't there? Absolutely. And and like you say, I mean, that is the heart of an independent business. You know, it's it's being part of that local community. It's offering more than just a kitchen and bathroom design service. This year, it's been more about stripping it right back to the basics and helping local people by delivering food parcels and things like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be kitchen and bathroom related. It's more about how your business has become an integral part of the local community. Yeah, and again, it's about telling stories. It's about a narrative. What is your story what have you done through this whole thing that we'll all remember for generations? What did you do and what role did your business play in it? Like, you know, again, I can't wait to read those stories. Now, our last category in the business section here, well, I'm very excited about this one because for the first time in 27 years of these awards... We have a category for one of the most important bits of the industry, which is installation. We've never had an installer's award before. Quite frankly, I'm a bit embarrassed by that. <laughs> but we're putting it right this year. Yeah. Because it's so important. Clearly, there's people that make the product, there's people that design and sell the project, and then someone's got to fit it at the end. Those three things are all as equally as important as each other. So we are introducing for 2021 the Installation Company of the Year Award. And I think we're 27 years too late. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree. And it, and again, it's going to sound like a cliche when I say it, but it, it's a phrase that comes up every time we do the design judging. All the judges say it. You could spend £50,000 on a kitchen or £20,000 on a bathroom, but unless you get the installation right, it's not going to look like a £50,000 kitchen or a £20,000 bathroom. It's such a fundamental part of making these dream kitchens and bathrooms a reality. Better late than never, Andy. Yeah, and we've written a lot about the shortage of installers and how that's come to a real head during this crisis because this sudden pent-up demand happens. And we need to play our part, I think, in celebrating the role that installers play in this industry. We have to do our part to sell installation as a, as a fantastic career choice and as important a part in this sector as designing the project itself or making the product in the first place. So the Installation Company of the Year Award, we're doing it in association with the BIKBBI, and we're really looking forward to seeing what comes in for that. I can't wait for that. Okay, let's talk about the design categories now. We have six design categories, and it's safe to say that we've honed this over the years because it's such an, a difficult thing to define. So we've honed it over the years to be divided up by project cost. So we have Kitchen Designer of the Year project cost up to £30,000. We have Kitchen Designer of the Year project cost £30,000 to £50,000. And we have Kitchen Designer of the Year project cost over £50,000 and then we have bathroom designer of the year project cost up to ten thousand pounds bathroom designer of the year project cost ten thousand to twenty five thousand and bathroom designer of the year project cost over twenty five thousand so you get the idea right there's three categories for kitchens three for bathrooms and there are three different project cost price points but what's the question everyone's always going to ask us bex what does project cost actually mean andy yes that's the big question because it could mean anything couldn't it we define project cost as the money paid to you by your client. That's how we define project cost. 
One person's kitchen could include the appliances and one person's kitchen could not, but they cost the same. We understand that there's an anomaly in there, but we're trying to come up with a definition that includes as many people as possible. And that's then up to the judges to use their expertise to define between the two. So you might have one kitchen that costs £29,950 and therefore is in the up to £30,000 price point, but doesn't include installation. Whereas you might have another kitchen that costs exactly the same amount, but does include installation, and therefore there's a massive difference in there. That's up to the judges to decide between the two. If we didn't do it that way, there's so many different businesses out there and so many different ways that these businesses are run. We'd have to introduce a totally new category, wouldn't we? It would be a total nightmare because you're then effectively auditing everyone's project and we can't do that. So rest assured that there is no advantage in being in one category over another. I think sometimes people think, well, that costs 29500 but I'll say it costs 30100 to put it into the other category. It really makes no difference. You are no more likely to win based on the project cost in and of itself. The judges on the day take into account, because it's on the form and you have to tick the box on the form, does it include installation, does it include appliances in the case of kitchens or tiling in the case of bathrooms or whatever it might be, does it include VAT? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So that is on the form. As long as you say on the form what that cost does or doesn't include, the judges take it all into account. The design categories are fascinating, aren't they? Because as you say, we, we do these things every year, but every year is completely different. Every single time, there's different trends, there's different styles. Every year, the level of expertise seems to take another jump forward. It's, I mean, it is brilliant watching them all come in. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, but when they come in, it's always brilliant looking through them. It is. It's really exciting. And, and thanks to the time and effort that the judging panel put in as well, they have to whittle those down into a shortlist which is no mean feat you know the quality of the entries is just so high every year and it gets higher every year it's one of my favorite parts of the whole awards process I love seeing what what everybody's come up with to fit a certain brief now there's a certain couple of things that everyone has to bear in mind all the time okay so everyone listen closely because I'm going to give you some tips here on how to get an entry in okay are you paying attention you're not going to enter why am I no, why am I, asking I, I can't enter if, if I could I would yeah. So are you ready? Here we go. Firstly, you can enter as many categories as you like, but you can only enter one design per category. Got it. So Rebecca Nottingham can only enter one design per category. You can't submit every bathroom you've done this year in that one category. So you've got to choose your favourite, okay? That's number one. Number two is, in the judging criteria, aesthetics is only one of the criteria. The prettiest kitchen or the prettiest bathroom doesn't always win because the other criteria include value for money, meeting the brief of the client, what products you've chosen, how you've solved problems, how you've solved tricky bits. So you might have a kitchen or a bathroom that, that, okay, it's not the most spectacular in the world in terms of how it looks, but blimey, you had to solve some problems to make that bathroom fit in that space. What a difficult or fascinating brief it was from the client that you had to try and tick all the boxes of. Don't just go for the prettiest one. Go for the one with the most interesting story. That's another tip, isn't it? Just go for the one where you, you really have a lot to talk about with that design. The backstory is so key to a lot of this. It really, really is. And thirdly, and this is the one that I can't, if I had a buzzer or a thing, to, if I could audibly underline it, it would, this would be the one I would audibly underline. You must include a floor plan. Just at the bare minimum, include a floor plan. 
the moment it doesn't have a plan in it, the judges don't know what they're looking at. Please include a plan. I can't I can't stress that. Have I stressed that enough, do you think? I think you have stressed enough. But again, that goes back to this whole, it's not an aesthetics competition. It's a project design competition. And they need to know the context of that pretty picture in the context of somebody's home. Exactly. It is a professional design competition that's being judged by professionals. Those professionals know how to read those plans. And a lot of the time, it's the first thing they look for. They want to see the plan before they even see what the, what the final project looks like, because that's how they work in their own professional mind. So if you don't include it, you probably won't win. I mean, I can't put it any, I can't put it any clearer than that, can I? So that's the design categories. Now, we have a couple of extra categories at the end here. Now, we always do the Special Achievement Award, and we've been doing that for a very long time. And this is slightly different, isn't it? Because you can't enter it, can you? No, this is very much a KBB Review editorial team decision. What we're looking for is individuals or teams that we feel have made an outstanding contribution to the KBB industry. And actually, if I could add a third favourite part of the awards, I think this probably would be it. Because again, it's just lovely to see their reaction because they absolutely haven't got a clue. And you actually read out the speech about describing them and I and I just want I just always try and find them in the crowd to see at what point the penny has dropped and that they realize it's them and it's just wonderful again to see you know that they've just been doing their job as far as they're concerned and to be recognized for that as an achievement I think is really really special. Yeah and as I say it's not just individuals it's gone to teams in the past before and so it doesn't just go to those people that have been in the industry for donkey's years and done a brilliant job it can go to, to individual teams or people that have done something brilliant in the last 12 months it's a big part of the awards that special achievement and it's a really important part of it another new category for this year uh, and it is a one-off for this year for reasons that will become apparent and that is the lockdown support special award now this is the category this year for suppliers So this is a supplier-only category, and it's looking at those suppliers who really went out of their way, who really went above and beyond to support their retail network through the lockdown. Some suppliers did, some suppliers didn't, and we want to hear the stories. Again, it's all about the stories of those suppliers who did everything they could to help those retailers finish existing jobs, finish outstanding jobs, the ones that might have helped them financially in some way, the ones that really kept in touch, that communicated brilliantly with them, the ones that have really, really understood the importance of the independent retail network and have done everything they can to help them through what is such a difficult and uncertain time. Again, it's a one-off. I hope it's a one-off. If we've got to do it again next year, we're all in trouble. And and I'm really looking forward, again, to hearing the stories of what people did during that lockdown period. We touched on it, actually, in our November issue, where we, we talked about strengthening relationships and the importance of having these strong bonds between suppliers and retailers. And it's never been so key, has it? And it was amazing to hear the stories that were coming out of suppliers and the lengths they'd gone to and their area sales managers and things, the lengths they'd gone to to, to stay in touch with their retailers and to help them through such a difficult time. It's, it's really heartwarming, I suppose, as well. It is. It's brilliant. So again, if you're a supplier, let's hear your story because that's what this year is all going to be about. It's all going to be about 
stories and telling stories. Okay, so finally, we're just going to very quickly talk about the event itself. Now, you've already said, Bex, Thursday, May the 20th, 2021. That's when we'll be revealing the winners. But we also have a venue and a host city that we're doing it in. You've already said it. Yay. It is Liverpool. And it's the and it's the amazing St George's Hall, which is right in the heart of the city, right next to Lime Street Station, if you know it. It is a beautiful, beautiful building. I've lived with it all of my life because I grew up on Merseyside, and I'm just so thrilled that we're fingers crossed and toes crossed going to do it there. We had a long discussion about it, as you can imagine, during the summer, didn't we, about whether we should or shouldn't pick a venue and a date. And should we, right from the outing, say we're going to do this virtually? But I think we, we concluded very, 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 very quickly that we have to be positive, we have to be optimistic, we have to set the example of positivity, not throw in the towel at the beginning and pick a date and pick a venue because we just don't know, do we, what's going to happen. I have to agree. And I, and I think what better place to have it than, than a city that is like the heart of, of the the UK. You know, It's one of the cities that everybody wants to go to. And what a place for a party. If you want optimism, I've actually bought my dress already. So there you go. You can't get more optimistic than that. Me too. <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm going to wear the same suits I've worn for the past 15 years. <laughs> and probably tell the same jokes. Look, we'll be open and transparent about it all. We're hoping and hoping that we can run that event as normal as possible there. If it turns out that we can't, then so be it. And we will clearly then have the virtual event and we'll still reveal all the winners and everything else. And it'll still be the razzmatazz around that. But we're going to cross our fingers that we want everyone to cross their collective industry fingers that together we'll find out whether or not we can have that party. And the news that's come out in the past couple of weeks about vaccines and everything else, you know what? You just don't know, do you? You just don't know that by the time we get to the like third week in May, who knows? So we'll find out together whether or not we can meet up together. But we will do everything we can to try and make sure that's the big party that we all get to have to celebrate the end of this thing. But if we don't, if that doesn't happen, we'll still reveal all the winners, we'll still do the razzmatazz around it, uh, and it will still be the awards that we know. So pencil in your diary, (laughs) May the 20th, 2021. And if you want to register your interests in some seats and some tables, go to the website and you can contact us via that because there's going to be a queue if we i'm just saying yeah, absolutely. If, if, if we suddenly turn out to be able to run that event there will be a big queue at the door <laughs> won't there? so you might want to sort of preserve your place now that's all i'm saying i mean that includes you and you work for the outfit i know i know oh, i don't get special treatment if anyone thinks i do <laughs> i'm normally outside by the toilets waiting Right, so to round off this first episode of the awards podcast here, the bonus episodes of the awards podcast, we're going to finish with a little quiz. Right, I've got two questions for you. Okay. Right, and we're going to see how close you get. Oh, no. So are you ready? Uh, as, as I'll ever be. Come on. Right, we've said it a lot. It's 27 years of the awards, okay? In the whole history of the awards, how many trophies have been given out? Ooh, 500? Oh, ambitious. Oh. No, it, it's 273. <laughs> oh, no. Can I just say that my maths is not my strong point? <laughs> totally no, because the event has changed and grown and the number of categories we have now is not always the number of categories that we've had. So so it has developed and grown over the years. So it is two, 273 trophies we've given that out. That is amazing. Total. That is. Okay, so here's a good one for you. In the last 10 years, 
Yeah. Yeah. So since since 2010, we have given out 38 kitchen design trophies. Okay. Yeah. How many have been to women? Um, oh, Dead air is a crime, Bex. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Okay, out of 38, oh, I'm going to go 22. No, it's the other side. It's 15. Oh, come on, girls. Enter. Which is 39.5%. So the men are winning in that particular category. Come on, lady. We need to even these things up a bit, don't we? We do. Bex, brilliant. Thanks so much for joining me on this uh, first episode of the Awards podcast. No, thanks for having me. Loved it. Thank you. Now that we've set the groundwork, in the next episodes, we'll start talking to some previous winners and finalists about their experience and how their businesses are getting on or their design work is getting on. And we'll start building up slowly but surely to that closing date, which is... The 18th of February. The 18th of February. For everything you need to know about the awards, go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards. Everything is there about entering, everything is there about the categories, and everything is there about the event if you want to register some interest in that too. kbbreview.com forward slash awards. Thank you very much, Miss Nottingham, for helping us out on this first bonus awards episode. I hope that covered most things, but you can get all the detail at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. And as always, a huge thanks to our podcast partner, Swift Electrical, and massive thanks to all our other sponsors for supporting us this year. See you next time. Hold up. 